Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code Ike Live, you get 50% off Sweet. your first pro box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. Well, I'll let you know shortly. All right. So we are, we're alive. Kind of. Hurt. We're back. Yo, your what's show, up? Your show, boss. Welcome back to Ike Live. We've been uh, having a great time right. with yours truly, Brian the Carpenter. Kurt the Dove. <laughs> Rich back here. The Riz. The Riz. Where, uh, he's got the uh, mystery tackle box, Schmedium. Have Shmedium. you shown out the Schmedium yet? Hold on, let me, get, let me get in there on that Schmeeds. There you go. The Schmedium. <laughs> Yoked. Jacked. <laughs> and uh, if you watch the previous segment of the show, Mike and Pete are still duking it out <clears throat> at the bar. <laughs> Welcome back to Kurt Live. <laughs> it's awesome. My five, my five seconds of fame <laughs> on, on this platform, at least. Yeah. All right, want to uh, welcome everybody back. Hope you're having a wonderful Monday night. I know uh, if you're watching this, you hate football, uh, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, gotcha. But, you know, the great <laughs> thing about this show, Pete, is that you don't have to just watch it live, right? We're archived. We're on uh, we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're soon of course, to be on Waypoint TV. Soon to be on Waypoint TV. What? Of course, you can uh, you can always go to IkeLive.com and, and watch all these shows all the way back mm-hmm. to number one. Which I don't recommend because it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was really bad. But the, Awful. but do you want to do you want to Brian want to let everybody know who the first guest was on Ike Live? Ed Bassmaster. Ed Bass was yep. Ed the first? He was the first, or was so. Trent Cole? No, Trent was like two or three. Oh man, we had some we great guests ready. early on. We weren't ready. We weren't ready. Uh-uh. It was terrible. We did <laughs> half the show and we weren't live. <laughs> the second half, and, and live. Pre-recorded Ike Live. Uh, I don't know if it's even recorded. Wow, it's yeah, unbelievable. Right now, um, let me remind everybody: uh, if you're watching, um, we're going to be announcing the winner just in uh, probably about 15 or 20, 30 minutes here. 15, winner of what? Uh, the of the lake. Oh, do we do that? Sure. We, we do? do? Yeah. All right. We're going to be announcing the winner of the Like and Share Facebook contest here in about 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, also, remind you, if you've got questions for anything you heard tonight, or if you've got questions for Kurt, we've still got him here on the couch, hit us up on the IM. Yeah, be um, the first one to send in a question for me. Be, uh, <laughs> no, the Riz is uh, sitting on him back there. He's sitting. He's waiting. There have been questions. He's waiting yeah. in anticipation. I forget what they were. Um, <laughs> the other thing I want you guys to hold on for is we're going to be doing an MTB unboxing here in a little bit, Pete, which is going to be neat. We can get Kurt involved in it uh, since he's on the couch, too. You know what was interesting about the mystery tackle box? Uh, this was really cool. I, I uh, stayed with John Cox uh, this past week at the Open. Bowling on yeah, how was that? Yeah, he's, he's awesome. Been staying with yeah. John Cox. I mean, I, and then I'm a little bit interviewed him a little bit and, you know, got to hang out with him and his family a little bit and, uh, yeah, he's just he's he's awesome. But the point that I wanted the mystery tackle box. Did you guys came talk up. about me out out fishing them at all? <laughs> <laughs> that had to come up. <laughs> no, we didn't discuss it. Damn it! But the um, and I didn't even need a sinker. <laughs> I was talking about crankbaits because I was really catching them at practice 
uh, the smallies, I was cranking them pretty good. And the, uh, you know, he's like, I've never, he said something to the effect. I might be paraphrasing wrong, but I've never caught a fish on a crankbait. Wow. Right? And I'm, you're like a, a, a massive fisherman like that with, you know, mega winds, super yeah. talent. Yeah. But he's focused on on his wheelhouse so much so that he you know he doesn't crank very much wow. but he's like he's like i got this crankbait and he brings it out it's a square bill it's it's like a lucky craft you know it's a good you know it looks like a perch color and i'm like i got one of those out of my last mystery tackle box he goes that's where i got mine <laughs> <laughs> wow john cox mtb yeah fan how about that I'm trying to diversify his portfolio wow <laughs> trying to get better got yep. some got some questions for kurt learn new tactics garrett rockamore wants to know if kurt was at icast 2019 yeah, of course okay you know was garrett there? i do know garrett hey garrett what's up dude what's up, garrett? what up Florida, Florida Hammer, big bass specialist. Nice. Wow. The rock Wow. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I do, I want to, uh, Brian and Carver, is it okay if I talk to Kurt about some other stuff? All right. You have some stuff. All right. I do want to get into something else. Uh, uh, we mentioned Pete. Um, Kurt, you guide on Amistad. I do a little bit. A little bit of guiding yep. on Lake Amistad. We're giving away like, three or four trips tonight. Giving away three or four trips tonight <laughs> based on this word that per, you've per, said per over and over yeah, tonight. I haven't said it yet. Uh, <laughs> I haven't said it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been zero? There hasn't been zero. There has, it's not been impressive. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be something you said. You say like every ten, five, ten minutes. Well, you know, you throw me in the in the in the room of wolves, and you know, I tend to tend to clam up. <laughs> All right, let me let me try to get you to say this word. You ready? Yeah. Are you a finesse fisherman? Uh, sure. Yeah. Do you power fish? Yes. Do you like fishing deep? I do. Do you fish in windy conditions? Hundred percent. Bam. <laughs> well, the BAM gave it away, Brian, Sorry. the carpenter. Why did you uh, ban that shit? One. Shout out to Founders. Right. One. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll drink to that. <laughs> we'll drink to that. Sorry, my All right. Now, 100%. Now that we know the, the magic word. Um, I do want to get back to it. You, you do a little guiding in Amistad. Yeah. You live in that part of the country. Yep. I, I want to talk about something. I want to flush this out a little bit, get your, your opinion on it. Pete, jump in on it, too. Lake Amistad, at one point in time, was absolutely the best lake, not in the country, in the world Agreed. for bass fishing. Dude, the first time I went to Amistad, the first time the elites went there, you could go down the bank and practice and catch them on anything you wanted from a foot to a hundred foot. I, I never saw anything like it. I never experienced a fishery that good. Right. The elites go there several times, two, three, four times, and expose this fishery that is the best in the world for bass at that point mm -hmm. in time. Mm -hmm. Lake Amistad's never the same. I, 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 can, I can mention it to Falcon, Gunnersville, Champlain, Thousand Nine. I can go over and over on Maybe these Mille places. Maybe Malax, where these big tournament circuits, whether it's FLW, the elites, Major League Fishing, whatever, they expose these fisheries, and then it's almost like they're ruined, right? Dude, you ruined fishing in Jersey. I ruined fishing in New Jersey. I'll, I'll take credit for the whole state. <laughs> I blame you. Do you? 
what do you th- give me your philosophy on that? How do you feel about that? Because this that's a place that you live, it's your home, you make a living there. I mean, what? So I, I moved there after we fished that first elite there in 2006, yeah. Yeah. and uh, we we have actually since those elite tournaments six, seven, eight, nine those those four years 2006 through 2009 we had those elite events there. We we have had a spike in excellent fishing since then. Yeah. Uh, 2011 was off the chain, phenomenal. Maybe not quite as good as 05, 06 time frame, yeah. 07, uh, but but very very good. You know. 27 pounds to win, you know, 30 pounds, wow. you know, was there. Yeah. It, you needed 24 to cash a check. You wow. know, so really good fishing. Um, you know, it's the ebb and flow of the the condition of the lake and the river over there. You know, you, it's the Rio Grande. Uh, most of the water comes out of Mexico. It doesn't come down the Rio, you know, in full force. You know, right. once, it gets, once the water comes out of Elephant Butte, it gets to El Paso and it's gone. Right. I mean, there's really not much flow once you get past El Paso. And then you've got some rivers that come in from the Mexican side that that really are what feed Lake Amistad. That in the Pecos, you know, comes in. And of course, it's got the Devil's River on the Texas side that as well that that comes in the lake. So, you know, I, I think overall it's the the grass, as we know, in a lot of fisheries, if you lose a, a high percentage of grass, yeah. it affects the fishing. Right. And in 2014, we lost a ton of water and basically annihilated the grass. You had, a, you had low water. Low water. We lost, I, I, you know, I can't remember the stats. It's been, you know, a little while now, but I'm going to say 55 feet in 15 months. Yeah. Something ridiculous, about three, three foot or more per month. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that really hurt the fishing there. And, uh, you know, th- you know, so I haven't lived there my whole life, but there's those ebb and flows. And I think you see that in all fisheries. You mm-hmm. know, you, you look at Oneida right now. Yeah. You know, it's not fishing. You know, it used to be everybody had five. It was a done yeah. deal. I remember uh, the first day of the tournament, Peaches fished. There was 100 people that didn't have a limit. 100 mm-hmm. people did not have limits. Now. So I think it's some ebb and flow. And, uh, and it's weird. Sometimes you wonder where the fish population came from. In 2017, that spring, we had a great year. Right. It was awesome. Really good. In, in 2018, not, not so great. 2019 has been a little tough. You know, 2020 could be off the chain again. So you think it's more of a natural <clears throat> yes. cycle of the lake versus the major tournament circuits expose it and, and permanently ruin it? Yes, because we haven't had any major tournaments since 2011, and and, and it was awesome in 2011. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, yeah, I think it's a natural deal, specifically with the ebb and flow of lake level there and the the cover that provides the forage base for the bass. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I, 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 I agree with that. I think there's a, a lot of natural ebb and flow. But my analogy is Lake Champlain. And I remember Lake Champlain before bass went there at the top 150s. Mm-hmm. Before any major tournament circuit went to Lake Champlain. And, dude, it was the most unreal fishery dude, of ever. we ran it 6, 12, 14 footers with a 9-9 nine, nine on the Yeah. It, it, it was the most unreal fishery. I mean, it was, it was if and you fun. didn't. If you, didn't, if you didn't catch a hundred in a day, it was something. There was something wrong. Right, right. You know, and and it, I find it hard to believe, and it's still a great fishery. Yeah, Lake Champlain yeah. is still unfucking real. Yeah, but I find it hard to believe that that expo- exposure to the world of Lake Champlain didn't bring it down from where it was in the late eighties and early nineties. Sure, you know sure. when we fished it, it has had to have some effect. Either. I I think it does have some effect, but. 
You know, here's the thing. We're, we are exposing it like it's getting more pressure. Um, but like Lake Champlain, I, I go there um, and I, I, I would guide up there, you know, as of the last few years I haven't. But previous years I did a lot of guiding up there. And I'd go there in July and August and I'd, I'd be there on a Saturday launching at a, a pretty significant launch ramp on Lake Champlain. And I'm the only bass boat. In a non-tournament week. In non-non-tournament week. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it 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 it's so far out of the way that it's not it's not really getting the pressure. Um, it, it's it's so it, it's it's hard for me. You know, I know there's some fisheries that really can't take the pressure. Champlain seems to be one of them. What is the cycle there? I don't know. I've, I, I'm on a Lake Champlain newsletter, and they're they're constantly talking about water quality and the farming and water, you know, the storm runoff that's going right. into the lake, how it's affecting the forage base, what's happening there. I think I think there's there's a lot going on in that capacity that might be hurting it. Um, how how is Amistad? Like here, here, let me let me say this, Okeechobee. Got yeah. more exposure than any place on planet Earth. You go there on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. and you got to wait in line an hour to launch your boat at any launch ramp. It gets more pressure than anything. It's the most, one of the most iconic bass lakes in, in on all the planet. The world. Yeah, and yet it still is going to take thirty pounds sometimes to win a tournament there. It'll take the the, the catches are always amazing. Yeah, but you know, not always. You got you got you yeah. got to balance that with technology. You cannot say that the catches are going up and not consider that the, the, the massive advances in technology, information sharing, the ability to find fish offshore like never, ever, ever, ever before. Yeah. Kurt talks about these kids just getting waypoints and not really learning how to fish. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge factor. Yeah. I agree. Well, I don't know. So so what do you think, Mike? What's your opinion? You, you, think, you think the tournament's actually oh, yeah. significantly impact the water. I think it's a combination. I got one I for you. Yeah. I got one for you. Let's take uh, uh, Thousand Islands, yep. St. Lawrence River. Yeah. In the er, late 90s, early 2000s, that 15 one, pounds is a good That bag. one got better. Matter of fact... A lot of guys were targeting largemouth only to win events. Oh yeah, I remember those days. Yes. So the fifteen rat. pounds is a great yeah. bag. Those uh, yeah. smallmouth. Yeah. Then you had an environmental change. Yeah, gobies and zebra fisheries, mussels. Yeah. Right? And now we've been crushing that. Joint. Crushing them. Crushing, crushing the them. Joint, but it holds true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd, I'd be curious to see what happens at, at a place like Thousand Islands in the next couple of years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Saint Clair is another great example. You know, Saint Clair, dude, they go up there and. Butcher them every year. Yeah. When I say butcher, yeah. I mean tournaments that are there in the summer where they're keeping them and releasing them. And after a hundred boat tournament, you go out there the next day and there's floaters everywhere. And that place seems like it holds up. So it's, maybe there's not a magic formula. Yeah, but, it depends on the water. The Hudson River, I remember when Roland Martin won the Hudson River back in the 80s. Um, and you know, that was before I started tournament fishing. That was but, before memory. Yeah, well, the... the uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, before, before memory. I mean, yeah, Jesus. That's yeah, early. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Riz was not on the on the earth yet at that time. Exactly. But the Riz uh, wasn't even a spermazoa <laughs> yet. Yeah, right. But but I remember my mentor, my mentor Snyder, right, Rich. Um, he he said the Hudson River was never the same after that tournament. Uh, and before that tournament, they would catch fifty and a hundred. Large mouth a day, they would because nobody bass fished it. No one bass. Nobody fished it back except then. for the clubs, and it was so famous. And 
I mean, they just smashed them to pieces. It was such a great fishery. And then since the since they came way back then, it, it was never the same. And it's had flurries where it comes back. But but I tend to go the cycle. I, I think things are natural cyclical cycle yeah. because I've seen I've gone to the Hudson and I guide up there uh, occasionally. And I've gone up there years where I haven't been there for a couple of years. And I'll take a client up for a couple of days and and we'll struggle. And then I'll do it two years later. And we will unload on them, mm. and we'll do the. And then now, as of recent, the largemouth, for whatever reason, are just not haven't been there. But the smallmouth have exploded. exploded. Yeah. So it's uh, there's natural cycles. I say natural. I think there's a lot of man-made influence that's yeah. affecting these cycles. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stormwater contamination. There's a lot of runoff. It's getting into these waterways. Mm. It's it's creating algae blooms. It's making fish kills down on the Chesapeake. It's happening all over. It's cha- the forage base is changing. The invasive species are moving things around a lot. Yeah. Uh. You know. So there, there's a lot going on that's in flux. So we're seeing these surges and reductions in fish populations. But the smaller waterways like the Hudson, I think, are you know they can't handle the fishing pressure. I think right. that uh, that these grassy lakes can, like the yeah. Thousand Island, the Great Lakes, for crying out loud. Yeah, right. St. Clair, you've got acres and acres and acres of of fish, schools of fish, so they can they can hold up a little bit better. But oh, the smaller waterways. I wonder how much the, the catch and kill versus the catch and release has to do with it as well. Because I can remember at Amistad, there were a few years there where I remember I remember practicing. And that one main ramp that had like fish cleaning station. I remember yeah. seeing it. Oh, dude, oh, yeah. it was insane. And it was like every license plate that I saw was from the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, well, I swear to you, they were all like, don't they have Ohio and I mean, I'm like <laughs> Iowa, Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Kansas. why are y'all coming down here to yeah. murder these fish, man? You're seeing it. You see it up in upstate New York too. Like you, you go stay at Thousand Islands at one of those camps. And you go out to launch your boat, and it's just like you see down at the ocean where you got bluefish oh, yeah, carcasses, the flays. Yeah. They got, you, you see smallmouth flays, oh, largemouth yeah. flays. Just the head and the spine. The head and the, and the two spine flays cut off and of it. chunked into the water. Wow. And, and that's going on there. It's uh, I rented a house up on Oneida um, just this past week, and they rent to uh, the, to meat hunters. They come to Oneida, and 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 that's why I can't catch anything there. Because the, uh, the number uh, seven tonight, by the way, hundred percent. That, that, that should be the context. <laughs> it should have been. <laughs> that they, but they were. She was talking about a, a like a six or eight pound uh, smallmouth that they flayed up, and they were she was showing how big it was. They, they were there to catch walleye. You know, pickerel, bass, whatever, whatever they could catch. It didn't matter. They just they went up there for a week wow. and caught and ate everything that they caught. You know, so it's still real prevalent. But the catch and release principle, mm. I mean, it has really tremendously helped. Imagine what it was, oh, yeah. you know, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, compared to what it is today. You know, it's it's dramatically changed things. By the way, Lenny Baird on Facebook says they still eat a black senko on the Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> not not anymore go. after you said that, Lenny. <laughs> In the chest, all the fishing pressures. In the chestnuts. Riz, what do you got? I got one. I got one for Kurt. Um, came in on the message board from Pops, um, Yo, Pop. and he wants to know: um, late in the summer, when the fish have been beat on all year, uh, is it better to fish fewer spots slowly or to work fast and cover more water? Uh, my strategy is to work fast, cover more water. 
Um, you know, that time of year, it seems like I don't, you know, the fish become smarter than me. I just want to find the dumb ones. Mm. <laughs> that time of year, you know, I, I want to look for the active fish that are still willing to come out and play. And I feel like if I sit in an area and I spend a lot of time there, if they've seen it once or twice and they're just staring at it, they're just going to keep staring. Yeah. You know, you know, you can try some different things, throw some reaction baits, and, and that can trigger a bite or two. But I think overall that time of year, fish is. generally scatter anyway, so it's harder to find a group of fish. And so by moving fast and covering a lot of water, you're going to have a better chance to catch more fish yeah. throughout a day. That's a good strategy. Yeah. Real good strategy. I would agree. I would agree, too. I would agree 100%. Dude, I oh. ding. Dude, I miss. I I I was thinking back at Amistad. Man, I, lo- I, I was some of the most fun experiences fishing I've ever had. Is that still your biggest? You caught the, a giant. The biggest fish I ever caught in my life came from practice the first year I fished there, which was what year was that? Two thousand six. Six. Yes. The year ish one. Yes. And then like a year or two later, I think it was two years later, because then, then uh, Remitz won. Right? Remitz won year two. Year two. So correct. it wasn't that year. But then the following year, I caught a 12-13 the first day of the tournament. And that's my biggest bass ever in a tournament. Nice. So Amistad, man, has two of my the biggest mm. moments of my career came from Amistad. It's pretty cool. It's special lake, man. Also I've, first MLF lake. First MLF lake. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Have you been back for a while? Have, uh, since that MLF event, and that was probably seven years ago, is the last time I fished Amistad. Mm. So I'd, I'd like to go back. Yeah. I'd like to go back. I, we would always stay at that houseboat. I can't remember. There was yeah. some houseboat rentals. Forever Resorts, no yeah, longer we, available. No lo- yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so cool. Yeah, we'd nice. stay at a houseboat. We'd pull the bass boats up next to the houseboat. And, uh, you know, you plug in right there. Yeah. It's a short idle around. But I'll never forget the one year we stayed there. So it was Johnny Cruz, Ish Monroe, and me staying at this houseboat. So we literally would pull our boats up either parallel to the houseboat or we'd find a slip or just an empty spot on the dock and that's where we'd park the boat and we'd charge it at night and the one day i came back and there was this lady that was staying there she was either in a houseboat or she had another pleasure boat tied up to the dock and this is back when this is back even before big major wraps um, and I was working with Dick's Sporting Goods at the time, and it was one of the first boats I ever had wrapped, and it had a Dick's logo really big mm-hmm. on the side. And she's rabid that we have to move this boat. She's so flustered and upset. You gotta move it. God, who's, who owns the Dick S boat? <laughs> you have to move the Dick S boat. <laughs> and Becky was there too. Becky was there, and Ish and Johnny were all looking at each other. Dude, we just started laughing in her face. I felt so bad for this poor lady. It's like, what do you say? She I felt so bad. She wanted me to move the Dick S boat. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I'll get my dick out of your way. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Excuse me while I whip this out. Unbelievable. But it is, it is a special lake. It still is a special lake. It's a really amazing lake. Lake Amistad. Falcon Lake, too. I'd have to put Falcon Lake in that category. I, everybody wanted to go. It was like rampant through the old fishing community. We all wanted a vacation there and uh you know it's not that way like it, it doesn't doesn't 
You're not seeing that anymore. You're not seeing yeah. these massive weights. Of course, the tournaments haven't been there for a while. Yeah. yeah we've, so, had, we've had so some cool. AAA events there recently. Yeah. Uh, weights, you know, not not really strong. But yeah. the great thing about Amistad is you catch a lot of fish. You still catch tons of fish. Yeah. And, and mysteriously, like in 2008, these big ones just start showing up. You're like... Where where do these dudes come? Yeah, are they are they out in the middle yeah. just roaming or what are they? You know that's that's the million dollar wow. question, right? But yeah, they just show up and then you just start jacking them for six eight months and then they'll tend to you know fall off. At least they have the last couple of years. But you know I, I want to go back real quick to Pete's uh, statement about you know thinking that you know outside environmental things having big effects, whether it's maybe you had a heavy rain at Champlain and there's big farm runoff or things like that. I think the same thing happens at at Lake Amistad. Mm-hmm. We we get low and we don't have a lot of, of rain and they flush some water in from some, some lakes in Mexico that might have, you know, high iron or mining lakes or right. things such as that nature. I think that plays a huge effect on lakes sure. throughout the country. Right. You see Okeechobee, you talked about that earlier. You had the cane, what, last year and, and it and it hurt it bad and, and you hear some things starting yeah. to improve. Blue green algae. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I'd have to agree with that. Uh, I want to change topics, and I don't. I, I want to make sure I talk to you about this, Kurt, because I think it's uh, there's some interesting stuff here. And uh, Pete, listen to me. Ready? Watch, watch my lips. Brian and Carpenter want to say it right right now. Hi, Abusa. Hi, You hear that? Because I wrote it. I wrote it the way it sounds over here. Um, Kurt, I want to talk to you a little bit about Hayabusa. You bet. Yeah. Uh, USA. Yes. Um, it's cool. To, 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 you know, the, the the general public looks at a product like that, and they they don't see the process of it. How it comes, you know, product comes from Japan, comes to the United States, gains popularity. You know, the marketing message, the pro staff. You got to be involved in this yes. from a pretty early point with this company. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, almost from the very beginning. I actually uh, had a friend that I fished a PAA Corporate Cup with back in 07 on Pickwick Lake, and uh, he went to the University of North Texas. His name is Manny. Uh, Yosuke is his, his Japanese name. He goes by Manny here in the U.S. Manny! Shout Manny. out to Manny. Yeah, Manny. Up, and uh, so uh, Manny asked me to be involved as he became part of Hayabusa USA, uh, just out of our friendship and, and previous connections with, with uh, you know, common relationships. Yeah. And uh, as Pete mentioned earlier, relationships huge, important especially in a small yeah. industry like this. So we uh, they were selling a few hooks on Tackle Warehouse yeah. in, in the States. I think they had maybe four or five different models. Uh, sales were were fine, but, you know, there was no promotion, no marketing, uh, no push to really capture, uh, right. you know, some customers in the, in the USA market. And uh, so I was hired on to uh, assist with that process and assist in the development uh, primarily of sales. Right. And, and uh, starting to work with more distribution, more rep groups, uh, you know, wholesalers, and the whole behind-the-scenes process of essentially launching a company that existed and was very popular, and and actually the saltwater market here in the U.S. was already founded and strong at that right. time, but it was pushing this freshwater uh, market into. Uh, a new realm, you know, yeah. trying to trying to create that process. And uh, yes, it, it's been awesome to be a part of. Uh, admittedly, so I I knew a, a 
a good bit going in and had a good foundation. Yeah. But I have broadened my horizons tremendously from this experience. Yeah. And uh, really understand the process, as, as you mentioned earlier, Mike, from bringing this Japanese hook company into the United States, uh, understanding, the, the again, the distribution, the network of sales, and then, you know, highlighting the marketing aspect and the branding of that so that the consumers understand your product and, yeah. and, can, and can find it out there in these in these channels of sales. Yeah. So, and that's uh, a tough market, too. You know, it's not like... It's you, crowded. It's no crowded. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like you've got, like, a widget that no one else has, and you bring it to the United States. It's not and, a whopper plopper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's a lot easier sale, yeah, right? Yeah. But, you know, now you've got another hook company, and yeah. you've got to figure out a way to separate yourself right. from the powerhouses, the Eagle Claws, the... Trocars, the gum, you know, you have Mustaz, to figure it. Yeah, yeah. VMCs. That's I mean, a tough road. It is. It is. Yeah. And it's been fun to travel. Yeah. And we've been making some inroads. Yeah. And, uh, and it's purely because I honestly believe we have a, a very good product. Right. Uh, engineering specific. I think all of fishing becoming more technique specific. From, right. From reels, you know, from your ten, you know, ten to one gear ratio reels and. And fives and sixes and sevens and eights yeah. and, and then, you know, to your rods and your action and yeah. your composite rods. And, you know, all this is becoming so technique specific because it's, you know, every fish becomes so important. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you catch one additional fish and, and you're going to the classic and, yeah. and you lose that fish and you're not. Or, or you're going to the red crest or the cup or whatever it is. Right. And uh, so everything's. That's really what Hayabusa's focus was from the beginning. Yeah. Technique specific engineering. To, to, you know, attract uh, the angler, the distinguished angler that, that wants to be successful. Yeah. So. And that is, you know, we talk about it at Bash University all the time. Hooks and terminal tackle tend to get overlooked for mm-hmm. the other stuff. You know what I mean? You look at the, the crankbait, the spinnerbait, it's yeah, flashy. The big sexy. Yeah, yeah it's big, yeah. it's flashy, you know. And then, you know, really the, the hook, dude, it's the most important thing. Because it, it's what it, it's what you know puts that fish in the boat. It's and your you, connection to the your fish. connection to the fish, and you yeah. tend to forget about that a little bit sometimes. Yeah, and you shouldn't. It's really the most important. Well, thing. You, well, you got to look there first, right? If your strike to catch ratio is suffering, right? Yeah. If you're setting the hook and that fish isn't getting in the boat yeah. a lot of the times, the hook's the got to be the first place that you look. I mean, right. you got to look a lot of places. You got to look at your hook set. You got to look at your line, your rod, your reel. You know all that stuff. But man, you got to look at the hook first. Just yeah. like Seth talked about earlier. You know he's using a hook right now. He's got some extreme confidence in. It's doing something he feels like isn't. Uh, you know another hook wasn't doing for him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's that that is part of that whole process. I think another thing is. I remember back in the 90s, you know, even the 80s, it was change your line, right? I mean, that yeah. was the trend. Yeah. You know, you change your line after every day of an event? Like, yeah, man, I, you know, this 15-pound test mono back then, right? It was all mono. I got to change it. It gets, you know, spirals in it, squirrely, get nicks, you know, the whole gamut. I, I, when I started first with Hayabusa, you don't think about those things, but then you really dive into this whole deal. And as a real piece of your set of equipment, man, for a long time, I used a hook too much. Yeah. I mean, it's like a knife. If you cut open 50 boxes, dude, it's dull. You need to get it sharp. Right. So you catch 7, 8, 10, 15, 20 fish, 
every hook set, that thing is getting right. a little. So you need a really sharp hook, something that's durable, but at the same time, you need to manage your equipment properly to have to have that success right. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree hooks that. bend open. They flex, sure. And every time you bend it back, it weakens it weakens the metal. You got to be aware of that, you know. So if you you know now if you get that six pound bite, you know you you could be somewhat compromised. Yeah. And I change I change hooks. I mean I keep you know packs of replacement trebles. Yeah. And you got to you got to stay on top of it. It is it is the most important thing. Yeah. The trend in America is to Use the stiffest hook you've got, you know. Yeah. It's, I want this bulky hook. 2X, 4X, yeah, yeah, 6X. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and very seldom is that the right choice. Right. Very seldom is that the right, right. choice. Yeah, I agree. Most yeah. often it's not the yeah. right choice. Right. I'd agree with that. It's funny. With hook size, too, I'd like the small. The trend is also bigger, bigger, bigger. Mm-hmm. But I like a lot of the, the treble hooked baits that I find the smaller hooks actually increase my strike-to-catch ratio. Mm-hmm. On a Senko? Uh, on, on, on a black Senko. <laughs> What's the nice treble hook you use? <laughs> you know, the, no, the number six treble in, in, a, in a regular, in a regular, um, um, it was funny like two hours ago. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> you burned this up 100%. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, I find like that, that, that regular gauge, Smaller hook keeps those fish pinned uh, better on certain baits. Mm. Yeah. And, but it, but it's all, like I said, you gotta measure your strike to catch. Yeah. If your strike to catch is high and you're landing the majority of those fish, yeah. you know, you don't change. Yeah. But, um, but I, but like I said, I, I go against the grain. And it's funny, I was talking with Seth about that same exact thing and, uh, you know, talking about those smaller trebles, how powerful they are at, at actually keeping fish pinned. A little bit bigger, better than the bigger hooks are. Yeah. Well, I but, used it in that last uh, major league fishing event that I fished. The uh, red, what was it? The red breasted sunfish. I um, <laughs> I actually caught a lot of my fish on a really little finesse jerk bait. Mm-hmm. And I was using number eights. Mm-hmm. Number eights. Number eights. Mm-hmm. And it, and I I had a really good bite to yeah. to land ratio. Really yeah. good. Decent. Well, eights. Eights. That's tiny. Eights. So, baby. Well. well this is an important question. When Tex is rigging a black five inch Senko, yeah. what, what would be what would be the Hayabusa hook of choice? Well, it depends. What kind of cover are you fishing, Pete? Grass. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> grass. I, I'm Texas rigging it in right. grass and wood. Grass and so so I actually think that you know there, there's some if it's heavy cover I like the EWG style the wide gap okay right because uh, a lot of the straight shank stuff as you start pulling it against some heavier cover it exposes that hook and you start getting snagged a lot so so I think you know the 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 wide gap is is really the way to go and the really really heavy cover now that doesn't always give you the best hookup because of the way the hook is designed, right? But it's always going to come through the cover most effectively. Then, you know, as you get into maybe some lighter cover or working your bait a little bit slower, then you, I would go to the round bed offset. Then, you know, if you go into flat, no cover, or you're winding a bait or moving it over top of stuff, then I go to the straight shank. Wow. You got the model numbers for that? I do. I do. <laughs> that would be the straight shank is the FPP straight, and the uh, the worm hook with the the offset round bend is going to be the WRM one one four. We have this uh, number system, so that okay, it's pretty cool. And then the uh, the final one would be the WRM nine fifty nine as the wide gap. That's, That's the thick wire because gotcha. you're heavy cover, probably using heavier line. If you're right. casting, 
Long distance, you want to go with medium, medium wire, which is the 956. Now here's okay. something else He's interesting. The master. Brian Carpenter. It's important. Uh, uh, yeah. I want you to listen to this. Riz, okay. listen to this. Eric, the intern, if you're watching, uh, you probably are. I want you to listen to this, too. Yo-wee. Gray Buck using Hayabusa. 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 Sorry. Think of Halloween. I know. Think of Halloween. Gray Buck <laughs> using it in the last tournament. Yes. Using the Ned head. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. That's interesting. It's I saw you had a wire on or a guard. It has a guard. A it has a fiber guard. guard. Yeah. Dual dual fiber guard. Dual guard. Yeah, it's got a so, dual guard. So like a Metlock jig. That's, it's very similar to wow. a Metlock. It, it doesn't come out of the same hole as the Metlock. It actually comes out of two separate places on the on the okay. lead head. Uh, but yeah, it has a dual fiber weed guard. Um, he actually, Greg, used that same hook to finish second place at the FLW Tour event at Cherokee yep. this past wow. uh, spring, and then uh, he exposed the one-aught, which we had came out with a little, you know, the Ned rig craze is getting bigger, bigger, bigger. Not not just bigger as far as more people using it, yeah. but but the size uh, of right. people, of, of the, the lures, size yeah. of the hooks is tending to increase. So we came out with a one o, and he used the one-aught, one-tenth size there at, uh, at Oneida. Tenth. Yeah, one time. So what do you think leads? Yeah. What, what what is the cause for this Ned raid, Ned rig craze? Just the need to throw something stupider than a senko? Fish bite it. <laughs> <laughs> the need to put fish on in this on the scale. Yes, is yeah. what it is. Pressure. The Ned rig is Pressure. the spy bait of bottom fishing. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And more understandable it, than the, yeah, than yeah. the spy bait. Yeah. Because you know, I, I <laughs> think true. there's something Perfect. to that, dude. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to a bait that does nothing. A bait that has no action, you know. Yep. There's something to that, man. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, it's clear. I mean, I know. I'm telling you, there's something to it. You used it, and you know, guys been using it to win big. You know, and that's the thing that you know. This is the misconception I think, like from guys like Brian, is you think <laughs> you think it's like it's a bait, it's a bait to uh, to to catch a fish, like a a 12 inch fish when you need to, but it's really a bait that can put you in the winter circle, oh, yeah. that circle and has done. And and has go. done a lot with it. You hear me? Yeah. But uh, I I hear you jabbering I'll, back there. I'm that circles around you. The uh, <laughs> we talked about that hook uh, when we were at iCast. Yes. When yeah, we sure we did. did an interview for Bashu TV, and uh, I don't think we've launched that one yet. So we're going to be launching that Come one soon. pretty soon. That's a good one. Need to launch it. All right, we're talking uh, tackle. We're talking hooks. Oh. We got all this conversation. We're going to go ahead right now, Brian Carpenter. Yes. We're going to jump into our MTB all Mystery right. Tackle Box unboxing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to pass it around the room. We've got here a MTB Pro Box, you know, the black box. That's the one right there. Get it's fresh. There. You see the seal. And this is one of my favorite parts of the whole process, Pete, is that little Just seal break. You ready? Listen to this. Ready? Ooh. <laughs> that was a good one, Mike. It's like a founder's opening. I love it. <laughs> we're going to open this thing, and, uh, Kurt, we're going to pass it around. All right. And I want you to grab something that catches your attention. Uh, a lot of cool products in here, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Let's see. All right, I'm going to grab this one. Pete, we'll pass it to you. We'll start talking about this. What All right, Brian up? the Carpenter. Yo, what? This really caught my eye. This is a frog. You know how hot uh, soft-bodied frogs are mm-hmm. in the world today. This is by Lunker Hunt. This is called a Yappa frog. Yappa. Okay, but hold on a second. I want you to really take a look at this. All my old school guys are going to like this bait because look at this. It's got a jitterbug cupped mouth on it, Brian. Very reminiscent of the old jitterbug. Yep. It's black. Dude, I think this would be a tur at night. Yeah. A night fishing bait. 
over the slop. Look How at about that. about it? Let's go. That's cool. What's the, what's the hook like? The Crane's hook feels decent. The lot. It's pretty soft. Yeah. Dude, Yappa Frog we'll by Lunker Hut. That, that is definitely something I wouldn't have bought on my own. I'm glad I got it in the Smisher Tackle Box. That's cool. Might have to test that out back here on the lake. Yes, tonight. Maybe tonight. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, I, I saw some boat hooked up. Let's do this. In. I saw anglers out on Lake X. Come on. Let's fish. How about you, Pete? What you got, buddy? <laughs> There's two, there was two boats out but, when I drove by. Right. Uh, I, I got uh, from Biospawn. This is uh, kind of reminiscent of an auger tail. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. You know? Old school man's uh, auger tail. Yeah. Remember the auger tail? Yeah. Um, and the culprit. Uh, the culprit worm that that Brian Kirchel used to win the class. Hell yeah, red shad. Yeah, I was just talking about this type of worm with somebody recently. Rivertail. We don't throw it that much. I mean, I just I, it just got phased out with the Senko and Senko ruined it. And and I'll, that Senko ruined so many baits. It did. But uh, <laughs> but that 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 auger tail that ribbon tail. I think I think plastics cool. come back around. Look at Clun. Didn't Clun catch some on a gator tail? Yeah. His win. That's so right. There's an old tail style, and there's another one. Yep. Big ribbon tail. I like that one. I'm throwing the ribbon tail. Very cool. Kurt, what do you got? Well, I I picked out the uh, a bait from Booyah. Booyah! Kurt, Boo- Booyah. They had a great commercial one. You better get your Booyah. Booyah! <laughs> you remember that? No. <laughs> I remember Pete talking smack on Pradco, but that's it. <laughs> I'm, I'm booing. Boo. <laughs> Pete didn't get paid from Pradco all these years later. He's still mad about it. Come on. But the reason I picked this bait is because of the name. Boo. Solid yeah. name, Bankroll Jig. Bankroll oh, Jig. Yeah. I like see the, the, can I see the head on that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I love the love the name, Bankroll like, Jig. That looks like the Ike head. Dude. <laughs> the old what man's jig. Bankroll Jig is very Stone Jig-esque. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Dude. It's got that flat head, right? Jig, yeah. Whoa. Throwback. Yeah. It looks a lot like the old Riverside jig, dude. Yeah. Wow. You take that jig to Look, Louisiana. Again. Wow. The bankroll jig. Bankroll. Oh, back. The old Riverside jig. You Drive remember that? No. Bank robbing jig. Stone jig. Riverside. Yeah. Okay. Jig were locked. Had that flat head like that. It's got that diamond shaped flat head. Yeah. Milo special. Milo. What do you got? Hot. Huh. Cool. I got hot. Uh, big bite baits. It's a uh, it's a swim bait. What? Ooh. Yeah. Oh, like a like a Take grass a like a grass pig like a uh, yeah. skinny dipper style bait. Yeah. I, I, oh snap. I've actually I, I I've used these before. I've I've bought these on my own outside of Mister Tackle Box and they flat out work. It's a wow. It's an awesome bait for the back of a swim jig. Um. It's make. it's. Yeah yeah uh swim jig sp- specifically the uh, that paddle tail keeps it pretty tight um it doesn't move a ton through the body and it it, it gives you a real nice action i like it good. smells good too and to finish out the box we got a uh we got an old bagley flat square bill Ooh, yeah not, not flat but a square bill we square bill a little boss of square bill yeah a little boss square bill and some z-man little turd products TRD crawl? TRD crawl. Nice. A little netty. Talking the about the Neds. Yep. The Ned crawl. And some 4 aught EWG. And some Yo-Ot EWG hooks. hooks. Yo-Ot hooks. Yeah. That's nice. That's a hell be, of a box. These would be good for Solid. a 5-inch black Senko. <laughs> How about it, Pete? 
Dude, that's what we should attract. Do you know how many times we've said five-inch Plasenko tonight? <laughs> and didn't even get a dime for it. Yeah, <laughs> that terrible. box was very diversified. Yeah. Was that was a good, that was a good box, Great dude. box. They're, yeah. they're always great boxes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. The pro boxes, they got them. I'm honestly put, I'm putting this little froggy in my box. I am. I'm that's taking good. this one. There's always something in there that has Amazing. that is added to my arsenal. You know, there's a few baits that I that I've utilized. You know, yep. in derby situations, they turn out to be good ones that I would have never tried. Derby is the tick hole still kicking, dude? The, the <laughs> tick hole. Mike ruined it. Oh jeez. The tick hole got ruined. <laughs> That's awesome. it. Was exactly what we were talking about. But the tick Shoot. hole we ruined on our own. That uh, that was that was self inflicted. We ruined it. I ruined it. I ruined it because we started doing uh, videos, you YouTube videos. You exposed there. it. And dude, I don't know, but but there was enough landmarkers they that found people, it. people it found out. it. Ah. People found it. I don't know how you're, you're trudging through these reeds that are like five feet It's crazy. It's crazy. I wish I wish that place was still the same. I took Marizo Shimizu there, probably what was it, four or five years After ago when we had him on the show. Yeah, oh. yeah, maybe four or five years ago we went up there the and. Zero. And we probably caught twenty apiece. Did you? But like literally a quarter of what we we caught when, when it was yeah. when it was the deal. Ruined. You know, still a good day, but it wasn't. I have dreams about that place. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is, you talk you talk about exposing versus environmental. Dude, remember when we fished it? We had a lot of high water. You know, though there were high water years, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a canal that runs through these ponds. And the canal's man-made, and used to pull. Uh, uh, what was the Pete? Is it Pete? Pete Moss. Pete Moss. They yeah. used to pull out of there. Okay. Pete Kusick. For heating back in the day. Pete Moss. They, literally, there's a road, this man-made canal, and they would harvest this peat. Mm-hmm. They'd pull it out on a on a raft with a mule, you know, pulling mm-hmm. it on out of there. And uh, dude, mule. that canal had two, three foot of water on it, flowing all the time. And the last couple times we were up there, it was almost stone dry. The ponds themselves were lower. The creek had no water in it. The fishing hadn't been as good. So you stop know? going there, everybody. Right? Yeah, stop going to the tickle, everybody. Please. <laughs> Let off the tickle. How do you know it's been ruined? Like, just because the fish catches down, or you see people when you go there? The fish catches down. The, 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 the other one is the last time we were there, um, the, the grass. You see trails through the grass that were never there. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? You see, like, fishing line and, like, a wrapper here and there. Never yeah. saw that. Yeah. So it's the pre, you know, it's gotten pressure. Like mumble rat. Yeah. How many people have kept fish? You know, it's hard. It's hard to say. Yeah. You know, but uh, it was an amazing place. I've never been. Yeah. There's a <sighs> new tickle. You know who? You know where it's at? It's I know it's up right north. near Mike's. Mike's where Mike lives up there. Mike. Naughton. Oh really? Not far from Mike's house. Yeah. Is that right? Very close. No kidding. Yeah, very close. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. So How's people, he doing, by the way? Anytime you have a secret fishing spot, don't leave trash there. Don't leave trash. <laughs> and don't Not tell cool. Ike. Don't tell yeah. me. Don't <laughs> ever, ever, ever tell Mike or a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> or a YouTuber. <laughs> That's a fact. Have you guys done a show on YouTubers yet? Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you? i got yeah. re- to go back in the archives. And watch <laughs> what do you t- what's your I'm take? a YouTuber. Are check you? out, yeah, check out my YouTube. I have like 530 subscribers. <laughs> I just started good, it. Man. That's, yeah. five, that's 529 more than Pete has. <laughs> that's not true, actually. <laughs> I think I have uh, 1500. Yeah, solid. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm in the thousands. I don't. I don't remember. I started mine back in 08. 
or 08 or 09. Yeah. And then said there's no future in this? Yeah, well, I went in a different direction. In that direction, you, you've got to be good. committed. People yeah. committed to it. You make it work. Yeah. Well, we've we we've got people uh, that man, it's amazing what these guys have done. You know, the oh, industry wow. hasn't. You know, our industry, like we fight with them. You know, embrace them. It's it's changing things, but there's uh, I mean, million subscribers. Yeah. To oh, their yeah. channels, it's it's amazing what it's they've crazy. accomplished. It's, an, it's amazing. It's good. It's good things for the sport. I think it's getting new people involved. Yeah. As long as you're getting kids fishing, it's a good thing, man. It's a good thing. It's doing that. All right, Brian Carpenter, I'm. Re- are you ready? Should we? Uh, I think I'm ready. You want to announce one of the winners right now? Or you want to do rapid fire? What are you thinking? I can't hear you. Say it louder. Oh, yo, boss. I can hear you now. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, access that list of people that shared the live show tonight. I'm seeing 85. Let's give it five more minutes. Anyone else want to share this? And. Uh, Share away. I'm going to pull the list and, and pick a winner here in a second. Can I give a shout-out to some emergency responders? Absolutely. Man, we had a hurricane hit the Bahamas, and uh, it, it was it, it was amazing, you know, the work that people have done and continue to do there. Uh, but but the most recent one that um, is the ship that list, listed and par- partially sank. What was it off Georgia or yes, off the coast of Georgia and or, or in the Sound of Georgia? They, like they, they had four trapped uh, crewmen in that ship for a day. That was the, sh- the ship was on fire and partially sunk, and they rescued them. Wow, you know that's it, awesome. Yeah. Coast Guard? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I'm, well, the Coast Guard was certainly involved. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I think all facets were involved. Everybody was trying to get in safely. And that was the problem is you got a you got a unsafe vessel that's partially submerged and right. you got fire to deal with and and they were able to get in get into the engine room and, and get awesome. those guys out alive is amazing. That's Shout out to you guys. Big time. Yeah, I almost sank at Oneida. What? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I had a Riz problem on Lake Oneida on day two. <laughs> I want to hear this. Blue Diamond? You need a Blue Diamond? <laughs> Not that kind of problem. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what now? Different, different kind. Do what now? <laughs> Blue Diamond? Different kind of plumbing problem. Oh. But, uh, these are all related. But the, uh, <laughs> no, I, I was fishing, uh, you know where you saw me getting, getting photographed on the first day? Yeah. Well, I, I made a quick well, pass by there. Well, I made a quick pass by there on day two, um, and I decided to abandon, you know, that area, run across the lake. But we had we had some pretty substantial winds. Yeah. And um, the, the if I had to guess at the wave heights, there were five feet, you know, ballpark, give or yeah. higher or lower. So I had to really beat it across because I was going across and east. Okay. Like right into the belly of the beach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, and I made it through. Without, you know, I mean, I've done this before, you know, so I knew how to, you know, tack and move through the waves and, and, uh, but I get to where I'm, I'm going to start fishing and I come down off a pad and a hundred gallons of water comes out of my drain hole. Oh yeah. In the boat. Just comes surging up and we're, and we're, I mean, up to my shins in water in the boat. Wow. And, and I'm like, well, this, this. You know, adds a little complication to the matter. <laughs> you know, so um, you know, I decided, okay, well, we got to we got to try to fix this situation, 
you know, let me, you know, it wasn't too far till I could get into a protected piece of water. And I went over there and I get into the protected piece of water and I, you know, my bilges are running and I go back there and look at my bilges my, and it's trickling out, mm. just trickling out. And, uh, and I give this lesson all the time. Like me and Riz were talking about it. Like you got to clean your bilge area before the event. Yeah. And Riz was cleaning his out. And I'm like, I'm going in and I'm going to do mine too. And I did. And, uh, cause you got to get all the worms, the, yeah. the, 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 the black worms. Sankos. Yep. You got to get all those parts out of your boat. Number 17. Yeah. And, uh, the, uh, <laughs> you know, so I'm figuring either my bilge is, is dying or it's got a clog or something. And, and, and I only have one running. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, what, you know, this, Come on, man. Fishing's tough enough, yeah. you know. <laughs> deal what, with all this other stuff. I got to deal with this crap. So I, I'm trying to fix. And finally, my bilge catches up. And I'm, and I don't know if it's my plumbing, if I've delaminated the hull, broke my transom. I don't, I don't know where the water's yeah. coming from. I don't know why it's there, you know. And uh, so I'm fishing along, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I run. I'm like, you know what? It don't matter. It's the water 70 degrees. I got a life jacket. All my partners got a life jacket. We're going out into the waves and we're going to fish, you know. And uh, if I have to fish level flotation, I'm going to fish level flotation. <laughs> so I run out and the I get out to the, the next spot and, and I'm fishing along and and the water, again, it's just filling up my boat. And, uh, and I'm... You know, because I'm fishing, I'm not really paying that much attention. So what I did, uh, I looked, I went to my uh, my primary builds and and I couldn't get to it. The auxiliary builds, the uh, auto builds. Yeah. I have I the the inline fuses right. I, I opened and the fuse is busted on that one. Mm. Uh. So I pulled one of my fuses from my battery charger and put it in there, and finally got it to to bilge out. And I had a, a operating, you know, bilge at that point. And it so. ran for about 50 minutes. <laughs> Until it clogged. It's, <laughs> oh, it's so, no, but it, it, yeah, it, ran, it did run for that yeah. long. And, and I was able to, you know, it took me, this is a long process that I'm going through. So what was so the I'm source to, of water intrusion? It, it was coming over the stern. Like the waves are so big that number one, like when I put it on spot lock, and you go down, you uh, you take fifty gallons, not that many. You take ten gallons over, yeah, because you would you you nose dive into the waves. You take ten gallons in the front, and then when you come up on the next wave, you take five gallons in the back, ten in the front, five in the back, ten in the front, and the clogged bilge couldn't keep up. Right. So that I was, you know. That wow. that that was the water infiltration, but I didn't know. Yeah. Like I that thought, that can be a scary thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it can be a very scary thing. You know, you're out there in pretty big water, significant situation. You got to be you got to be concerned about your safety mm-hmm. and the safety of your partner. Yeah, you know, and you're still trying to compete. Yeah, but, uh, it's funny because I put I always put that spare bilge on the floor when you fish big big water events, but you don't expect Oneida to yeah. be one of those. You know, it's like Great Lakes, Thousand Islands, Champlain, right. making run the tie. I I zip one on the floor and, and zip tie a, a hose out that side, you know, yeah. that goes into my cigarette lighter. Yep. But in a place like that, you wouldn't expect to do it, you know? Uh, well, it was an east wind blowing stout. Straight so down. So you're coming Straight out down of, the lake. You're co- right up the lake. Yeah. And there was no place to escape. Yeah. 
You yeah. know, unless you were on the bank. East wind's tough. Yeah, yeah. it's tough. Out there, real bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I almost sank it. I don't know why I told that story just then. <laughs> Win from the east, they bite the I think good lesson. Keep your head yeah. and, and look for your resolution. You, yeah. I mean, dude, you, I mean, most people would not have thought that process no, out. Bri- to- Brian the Carpenter would have grabbed his paddle and started beating on the bilge pumps <laughs> as hard as he could. <laughs> Wise God hate me. A young Brian <laughs> the Carpenter would have done that. Wise God hate me. <laughs> 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 fall upon my knees. <laughs> oh my god. Tell me I'm wrong. Alright. You ain't wrong. Alright. Uh Brian, let's yes. Let's do rapid fire. This is a fun part of the show. Do rapid fire. Okay, here we go. Do what? Uh this is a fun part of the show, Kurt. Right. And you know, the rules of Ike Live Rapid Fire are simple. You just gotta tell the truth. <laughs> okay. That couch is like it's like the uh, lasso of Wonder Woman. It's not like truth or dare or anything. No, no, okay. you're lasso. So uh, Ike Ike Live Rapid so I can't Fire pick questions. Like truth or dare? No, no truth or dare. These are all sure. gonna be true or false okay. or regular answered questions. All right. And you have to be as honest as you can. Hundred uh, percent. Not get, timed. Yes. Not timed. And here it goes. If you can get sixty percent of these questions right, you're a winner. So you don't have to get everyone right. You're okay. just gonna get sixty percent right. right. With a D average. Okay. Here we go. And this is the Ike Live rapid fire questions for Kurt Dutton. Question number one. Uh drum roll, please. True or false? Kurt, you have a dog named Chippy. That is true. True, Pete. That's correct. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's correct. Well done, Kurt. <laughs> that wasn't too tough. <laughs> My ass is sweating in the seat. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen? <laughs> Okay, question number two. True or false? Chippy is some sort of Australian sheep shepherd collie mix. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it's it, it's a collie. I think it's just a straight up border collie. Okay, so would that be true or false? So I'm gonna say false. False. That's correct. <laughs> Thank, thanks for helping me through that. That might be correct. <laughs> I'm not sure I would have gave him points for that. This is very well thought out. Right. <laughs> well done, Mike. We're going to change a little bit here. We're going to go to an answered question. Um, uh, question is, knowing you're a big fan of Prince, why do doves cry? Because that's the way they show their love. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sound effect was that? <laughs> I don't know. Showing his love. <laughs> and that is, correct. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Who else would know but a dove? How can I be wrong? Uh, good point. <laughs> what was it like writing a song with Prince? It did not happen. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. <laughs> All right. 100%. Yeah, so far. Right. Bam. True or false? Chippy is a good boy and fiercely loyal. Just turn your, don't turn your back on him or it's your ass. <laughs> that is half true and half false. Don't turn your back on her because she <laughs> will kick your ass, but Chippy is a her. <laughs> Got him in the notes. <laughs> we didn't cover that part. Okay. Let me tell you, she's like a good woman. 
she'll let you know when she doesn't want no more. <laughs> You're correct <laughs> on both counts, including the woman. Part I've been part. married a long time, dude. I know that. <laughs> All right, true or false? Would you say Chippy is a bit of a psychopath? <laughs> That's certainly true, hundred percent. True, true. 100%. That is correct. <laughs> is this again like a good one? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Yeah. Creamy or chunky peanut butter? Oh, chunky for sure. Okay. All right. That is correct. <laughs> I'll take whatever. You're almost hundred percent right now. Ass. You really are. I don't think you got any wrong. Hot sauce or ketchup? On your eggs. Oh, hot sauce all the way. That is correct! I like this guy. As well. <laughs> Can't believe you haven't got a single You must have surveyed my wife, and we're doing good in the newlywed game or something, right? Back to Chippy. Okay. True or false? Chippy is a rescue and a former member of the Branch Davidian cult. <laughs> Chippy is a rescue. I cannot tell you where she came from. Possibly the Davidian cult. That's true! <laughs> that's correct! I knew it. Wow. Maybe that's why she's like psycho. a branch of the Royal Rangers. <laughs> <Same> right. <laughs> true. True or false? True or false? Chippy can be seen in FBI photographs still standing by the side of former owner David Koresh, as he lay perishing on those blood-soaked grounds of Waco, Texas, next to where Alton Jones lives, back on that fateful afternoon of April 9th, 19th, 1993. What, what was the question? Can Chippy be seen in FBI photographs? No, it's false. That's false. false. That is correct! It's false! Uh, I don't know. I'm going to pull some photos. <laughs> Move on, but I'm going to protest. Okay. Sure All right, just a few that. more. I promise you, they're going to get better. <laughs> and this is uh, this is a great one. What's more annoying, catching drum while fishing for smallmouth? That was A. That's pretty freaking B, annoying. catching mudfish while fishing for largemouth? Or C, Timmy Horton? <laughs> I'm gonna go with B. <laughs> false. B. That's not correct. Mudfish for largemouth. That is false. false. The answer is actually <laughs> catching drums. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you got one wrong, Kurt. You're at ninety percent. You're still winning. You're still winning. That was uh, only ten questions. We got two. We got. Uh, let's see. We have. I feel like my percentage. We got is four high. more for you. Okay, I'm we got good. four yeah, more. This, this may you're, be you're the doing better than dude. Most. I could I could just scratch out right now. I'm good. Yeah. Flip flops or sneakers? Oh, flip flops. That's correct. Yeah, that's true. All right, here's the tough one. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, this one's uh, this one. Does Scott Martin use bronzer on his sunglass tan, or is it natural? Hmm. I'm going to go with bronzer. That is correct. <laughs> Scott, Scott Martin uses bronzer. Fun, fun fact. Pat's going to have Scott on Wednesday night. Wow. Oh, straight cast. I'll have to ask him that same question. We should. Okay. This one's actually a true or false. Um, Kurt, you are a guide on Lake Amistad. Is it true you smuggled growth hormone across the border for Gerald Swindle and Byron Velvick? 
<laughs> just Byron. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> it was just Byron. <laughs> that is true! That's true! <laughs> wow! I knew it had to come from somewhere. He tried to trick me. He <laughs> did? You can tell who was taking that. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't think at this point there's a way you could lose, but there's two more questions. <laughs> Is it true you caught your personal best at Amistad on the brand new spider lore introduced at ICAST this year? That is false. That is false. That's correct. That lore's never caught, caught a thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> correct. The only thing that's caught is fishermen. <laughs> and last but not least, and this may be the most confusing question of the night, what is Featherwick? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually a great question. <laughs> Bud has probably tried to describe that for you at one time. But that's the great thing about Featherwick. Yeah. It's so undescribable, you just have to be involved. It's inexplicable. Inexplicable. You yeah. So there is no explanation for Featherwick. No, no. It might have to do with the dove thing. Possibly. Okay. Let me go to my let me go to my answer sheet. That is correct. Ninety <laughs> percent tonight. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. I think that's the highest uh, point rating we've ever got. Unbelievable! Yeah. Can you believe that? No. And finally, well, the truth about Byron no. came out. Well, but that, I got to protest that Byron question. It was a true or false question. It wasn't partial. Oh. <laughs> I think we might have to take that one off the table. Okay. <laughs> Based off of Gerald's recent video of breaking a seven and a half foot rod in half, I'm going to go ahead. And say it's probably true. <laughs> Superhuman strength, right there. It's not all deer oats. Oh that. geez, it's not all deer oats. <laughs> it's not all oats, man. I'm have to submit some questions for the first show in the next studio. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great compiled list that came from a lot of people. Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. That was a good one. He's, he's going to give us a contract prior to my next appearance, Mike Live. I'm going to have to look at the next. Set you got to look at him. Kurt, yeah. Kurt was telling me how for Bass Edge before the show started, how he submits the questions. To the guest the night before, yeah, gives them time. It's like, yeah, we don't do that. We're the opposite. We're the opposite, man. Hundred percent opposite. Oh yeah, we've we've caught some off guard in this one before, right, man. Right. That's we've the idea. Really good. Amber updating twenty minutes before the, the show. Best. Glad to be a part of it. Thank you very much. That was awesome. I'm telling you, that was. I, I gotta I gotta say that's the highest. That's probably yeah. one of the highest point yeah. ratings. Ninety percent. I can't remember. Yeah, remember that, that before. Uh, Brian Carpenter, give us some winners here. I think we're we're, we're getting to the tail end yes. here. Let's announce some winners. People, Riz, submit, what do we got? Submit your guess for the number of times Kurt said 100% tonight. Okay. First I wanna... one on the IM board on the Ike Live show page is going to win. First one to correct answer. While correct, we're waiting, correct. Rich has got the winner on the Facebook like and share. Okay. Yeah. The right. Facebook like and share winner was for the Ike Live gift bag. Congratulations. Yes. C.W. Barnett. C.W. Barnett. Yeah. Like share Facebook winner, Bike Live tonight. C.W. Thank you, C.W. Appreciate that. You're going to be getting your bag in the mail here, hopefully in the next week or two. That's right. That's right. And then uh, right now, while we're waiting, while we're uh, compiling this information, this is your last chance, right, to send in how many times Kurt said 100% tonight. That's right. It's your last chance. Chime in on the IMs. Uh, first one gets another amazing Ike Live gift bag tonight, Pete. How about that? It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. We have a winner. We have a winner. Already. Oh, yes. We have a winner. Yes. Okay. Wow. 
10.30 and 38 seconds. And the winner was Bass Geek. Bass Geek. Bass Geek. Bass Geek. Congratulations. <laughs> three what, what? times. Three. Only three times? Yes. Three. Three. Wow. Very disappointing. Wow. Yeah. wow. Three. Captain Dude, Rick Bri- Flowers gave me some bad intel. Dude, <laughs> Brian promised me. It, it's in the notes that you'd say it at least 50 times. Holy shit. It's right here. <laughs> no way. Yes. It yeah. says Kurt you, answers every question with 100%. Do you feel uncomfortable? With an exclamation point. Do you, when you say 100% and it's only like 95%? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm never wrong. So. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Well, this has, been, uh, this has been an awesome show, i got to tell you. Uh, I want to remind everybody, um, if you missed tonight's show, don't worry. <laughs> Lots of ways to watch it, right, Pete? If you're watching and you missed it. If you watch it and you missed it tonight. You can watch it on uh, on IkeLive.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and soon to be, what was the, where were we Waypoint. Waypoint Waypoint TV. TV, Soon to be. Very excited about that. That'll be cool. Another venue Mm -hmm. to get the message out. A lot of people want us to be streaming on YouTube, too. Mm. They want us to be. Yeah. Well, that might be something we could do in yeah. the new studio. Yeah. Get things a little fixed up over there and figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we got to figure out a way to end around Facebook. We do. It's set up right now where it's an either or. It's an either or. Yeah, Facebook. Plus, they're, they're stealing our DNA as we're talking right now. So, yeah. I'm sure they're doing that. It's crazy. I uh, want to thank everybody for watching and listening tonight. It's been a great show. Uh, of course, uh, Kurt Dove tonight yeah. in studio. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah. Kurt, how can people follow you? Look in that camera right there, too, and tell people if they, if they want yeah. to follow you. You know, you got the Insta, the Facebook, the YouTube. Kurt Dove Fishing is pretty much everywhere where you're going to find me. Sometimes it's got a dot in there, Kurt Dove Dot Fishing. But, uh, you know, that's that's uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Got all my videos, actually, from the FLW Tour this year. All the highlights are on YouTube. So if you fish any of the lakes that we fished on FLW Tour this year, Want to go back, see how they were caught that time of year because you got an event there next year. Or something Review like that. the footage. That's the place to check it out. So. I like it. A little yeah. historical information. Uh, what do you got, Riz? Before we sign off tonight, I just want to give a shout out to some of the people on the message board that have been hanging out with us all night. We appreciate you guys. You're the best fans yes. in the game, and we just want you to know that. Um, hanging out with us tonight, we had Bass Geek, Showtime 99, New York Chris, Krusty. Patrick, South Jersey Bowie, Wild Bill, Kane Simpson, Stockwell's Dead Bill. Boat Batteries, Matt from Wisconsin. Stockwell's Dead Boat Batteries. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt from Wisconsin, Whitfield Fishing, Pops, and many, many more. And, guys, if I missed you, I'm sorry, but we appreciate you for being on the show with us tonight. Yeah, the thank best. you, guys. Shout out to Kane Simpson for watching tonight. Also want to thank Cody Huff, Seth Biter. Yeah. And Ronnie Moore yeah. for joining us via Thank Skype. You guys. That was awesome. I oh, appreciate yeah. that. And uh, uh, what else we got? Pete, you want to uh, last Bash University uh, plug before we go tonight? It's back to school at Bash University. Go over to bashu.tv and uh, subscribe. Our annual subscribers get 30% off right now. It's the best deal we got. There you go. Go uh, check it out. Nice. Brian and Carpenter, we'll too, real Wednesday. quick before we sign off. Oh, yeah. Yes? And we are live. Did you just say that? No, I didn't. I, I forgot to say that. We are live. This Wednesday at noon, this Wednesday noon, Bass University Live, Pete Klusik, Greg Palma, co-hosting. Uh, I believe we're going to have, yeah, you're not going to be Live from the water? 
No, from the live, from, live from your house oh, okay. while you're somewhere else. All right. <laughs> <laughs> live from your bedroom, Mike. And That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, dude, that would be so awesome. Please do that. We are, we are going to have Gray Buck uh, Skyping in. Yes. Yep. And we are also going to have... We might, we're working on getting Dean Sylvester. He'll okay. be... Dean right now, I, he's probably on an airplane or he's at an airport. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, he's at the airport. Cause I tried to tried to get him to, to Skype in tonight, but he was busy. You know, he's f- on his way to Atlanta and then flying back to Australia to you know do his thing. But we're going to try to get him to Skype in um, Wednesday. We're going to be talking about smallmouth, largemouth, multi-species lakes, uh, how Gray won at Lake Oneida, and all these amazing techniques that why Pete loves Oneida. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why Pete loves and more more Oneida talk. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Black Sanko. Black Hundred percent. Real quick too, Brian. Before we sign off, two big October shows Ooh. coming up, Pete. Yes. Uh, we got mid October featuring the fishing travelers. What? We're going to have anglers from Taiwan, yes. Japan, and wow. Russia. Wow. All on the show in one shot. That's cool. It's going to be an awesome show. We'll be in the new studio, and of course. Our Halloween special oh. coming up, uh, and we'll have Corey and Daniel from Tackle Warehouse with us right. for yeah. a Halloween special. Also, if fans are watching, hit us up on our social media. Ooh. Give us ideas for our Halloween costumes I this year. Know what pizza's. Oh, you got it? What is it? Black Sanko. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you go. 100%. <laughs> That'd be an easy one to create, though. Wrap yourself in a black electrical tape. Just... <laughs> That's it, Pete. Depending on how you're rigged, you can move different. You can do the little yeah. shimmy. Uh. If you're Nico rigged, you can just hop. <laughs> or maybe an Ica. <laughs> could be an Ica. It's good. It's good bait. It's it good bait. <laughs> uh, thank you for watching tonight. Thank you, Kurt Dove. Awesome show tonight. Appreciate everybody. Thanks for Thank watching. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Good night, everybody. Good Bye-bye. night. Bye-bye. Good night. <laughs> ah! Kurt, your song.